Welcome to the Online Course Masters Show, where we learn from the best online course creators how to better create and sell our very own courses. Today, I want to talk about my key takeaways from attending Udemy Live this past weekend in 2017. Actually, at the time that you're listening to this, it might be a couple weeks ago or a few months ago. It's an annual conference that Udemy has been doing for the past two years held in July, the last weekend of July this year. And I have 10 key takeaways that I want to talk to you about. If you want to follow along with the video, you can. You can see that over at the Video School Online YouTube channel. You can also read along. I wrote an article that's a great companion to this podcast episode. And you can see that at videoschoolonline.com or at onlinecoursemasters.com. Udemy Live was awesome. It was a great time to meet up with friends, to hear what they had to say, to learn from them, to meet up with the Udemy employees, to see what updates Udemy had. And there were basically three things that I wanted to come away with. I wanted to first have a great time with instructors. I wanted to learn the latest strategies that I can do to better serve my own students from other instructors and how they're doing it and also from Udemy. And then also a main purpose is just to get a better understanding of where Udemy is in the middle of 2017 and what their future plans are. And so I think I came away with more information about all of those things and especially enjoying time with fellow instructors. If you can go to Udemy Live, I definitely think you should do it next year and in the future. Hopefully this is just the second of dozens of Udemy Live conferences that will be going to. So this is a special edition of the Online Course Masters show. Thank you so much for being here again. It's just me, me and you chatting today. So it's going to be a little bit of a shorter episode. And I know a lot of people are interested in what went down at Udemy Live. So I've broken it down into my 10 key takeaways. I did this last year as well. I had nine key takeaways last year. But here are the 10 key takeaways, and there's no real order of importance. So one isn't necessarily more important than the other. So let's get straight to it. Takeaway number one is, did today matter? Chris Gillibo of Side Hustle School, The Art of Nonconformity, and he's a best-selling author with the $100 startup book, He gave a great inspirational keynote speech on Saturday afternoon, and he talked about a lot of things about side hustles, and there were two key takeaways. One is that we should be focusing on creating assets, and that's what we're doing as online course creators. We're creating assets. Each course is an asset that lives on, and we can continue to sell over and over. He kind of differentiates side hustles that he likes as having and building assets to other ones like driving for Lyft or Uber or having a part-time job at a restaurant. Doing those things where you're just trading your time for money, but it's not really building something in the future. It's not scalable. And while he's not into the idea that every business has to be scalable, building an asset is something that as you work on now, the more time you spend putting it into it, the more you're going to get back from it. And that's what we're doing with online courses. So that's great. It, it was an affirmation that our side hustle of creating courses is a good one. He also answered a question of mine that I asked during the keynote. I asked and said, I'm relatively young and I imagine that I'll be working for 10, 20, 30 years. 
what can you tell me to sort of ease my anxiety about knowing what I'm going to be doing in 20 years? I don't know if Udemy, what Udemy is going to be like in 20 years. I hope that they're around in 20 years. I hope that I'm continuing to teach on Udemy in 20 or 30 years, but we never know. And he just gave me that reassurance that the skills that I'm using and learning today with not only teaching photography and video, those are skills that will be probably desirable in the future, even if I wasn't teaching them. But the skills of learning how to build a business, web design, growing an audience, those are also skills that I can use in the future if I ever want to do something else. So that was nice. But this idea about did today matter, this was the second key point that he had. And he said, just at the end of your day, think back and say, ask yourself, did today matter? And you should come up with a very quick answer if it mattered. And you'll know if you know you just spend the day going to a bunch of meetings, driving to and from work, eating a lunch that you didn't enjoy, that day might not have mattered. And that's something that we should be working on. We should work, work towards having days that matter and doing having a streak of days that matter. And that's something that I really want to work on too. And just being more aware. I feel like I get caught up with just being so busy that days go by, weeks go by, months go by, and it's just like life is flashing by. And I should take advantage of this opportunity that I have to teach others, to do it full time, and to really appreciate every day. So that was key takeaway number one. Takeaway number two is Udemy is more stable than ever with a little question mark. I went into Udemy Live wondering, were they going to announce a major update? Was, who knows, like, was the revenue split going to change? Were they going to do some major pricing change? Were they going to stop allowing certain types of courses? I was worried about those kinds of things. As you can tell, when you get me and you talking together, I do have a little bit of anxiety about these kinds of things, even though I've had so much success on Udemy. And last year, Udemy Live was a lot about reassuring us about Udemy being a platform that we should be on. The pricing change had just happened. People were, the revenue had decreased dramatically. And so I feel like last year, Udemy Live was a chance for Udemy to be like, hang on guys and girls, we're in this together. Don't worry, we're doing a lot of things to make sure that your income and revenue will increase. And ultimately, they reversed their pricing decision. But I feel like last year's Udemy Live conference was about steadying the ship. Whereas this year, the ship is already steady. We're sailing at full speed. Revenue is twice, two to three times as much as it was last year for me, much more for many other instructors. So I didn't really know what they were going to announce. When they did their main keynote sort of introduction speech in on the first day, they talked about the three things that they're focusing on, and that is international growth, Udemy for business, and making it easier for instructors and students to teach and to learn. And those are three things that I know they've been working on for longer than a year. They mentioned those, especially the international growth and Udemy business. They talked about that last year. So what this tells me is that what they're working on has been working, and so they're going to continue to work on it. And that's a good sign. That means that there's not going to be, hopefully, any major changes in the future. I also talked to the CEO, Kevin Johnson, the new CEO of, of about a month or two, and it was great. I got to chat with him with Dave Espino, 
co-host of the Passive Smart Pat, uh, not the Smart Passive Income Show, the Passive Income Show, not Pat Flynn's show, and our Passive Income Show group on Facebook. And it was a great chance just to talk to him directly. Uh, we asked him what his big goals were. We were wondering like what his plans were. And he said, he responded, he was super nice. And he just said, you know, there's, I'm not coming here to change directions. I'm here to continue to help Udemy grow and become um, the best platform that it can be, to be the best marketplace online for learners and instructors. And I asked him point blank, I was like, hey, so is there anything we need to worry about as instructors, anything coming down the pipeline that we're, we should be worried or ready for? And he said, no, like he said, Udemy is doing well, the instructors are doing well, courses are doing well, they have money in the bank in case anything happens so that Udemy can reverse or change or pivot or do whatever they need to sort of stay afloat and continue to grow. And that was just a good reassurance talking to him. And he said that he's really focused on making sure that Udemy does provide all the tools and resources we instructors need to be able to teach the world. And so that was good. He's worked for a company, Ebates, before. And so he knows that when marketplaces grow, sometimes the, the providers, the distributors, the instructors are the ones that get left behind. But he's really focused on making sure that doesn't happen. Now, there was one big change that was announced during Udemy Live, and that was their branding. They are coming up out with a new logo, a new color scheme, new fonts and choices, new types of imagery, and it was a big shock. We walked out of the elevator onto Udemy's third floor suite in their office in San Francisco, and we're greeted by this brand new logo with lots of purple and pink colors, so different from the green, Udemy green, that we're all used to. I personally actually really enjoy the color. I know a lot of people were kind of hesitant about them. They basically talked about how they wanted a logo and they wanted colors and just a brand identity that matched their style more. They didn't want to be the sort of cold, educational, technical style that you see so often with online education. When you look at other companies like Udacity or Lynda.com, those are very librarian or technical. They want to be sort of the real down-to-earth sort of just everyday skills, everyday people, people very diverse kind of style that Udemy is and wants to be. So I actually support the decision to change the brand. I wasn't not a fan of the branding before, but I, th I think it could be good. And if it helps Udemy become the global brand that they want to be better, that's great. Because ultimately, this is another thing I talked to Kevin about, the CEO. He was saying that there's a lot of people that have great courses on Udemy and people will, students will say, oh yeah, I have this great course by so-and-so. I took this great course and they know Udemy, but he wants Udemy to be the place and the brand that people love. So he wants people around the world to be like, yes, I love Udemy. I, it's not about necessarily the specific course or the information you learn from the course, but Udemy itself. So when you think about learning a new skill, when you think about education, you think about Udemy. My third key takeaway is about the other areas of focus for Udemy in 2017 and 2018, sort of their pillars 
and their goals. And these were one, to help students find the right courses, two, to help instructors make courses easier, and three, to be able to teach anyone anywhere. So these are the three things within this takeaway take that they are actually working on. So helping students find the right courses, this was a common theme and thread throughout the breakout sessions. They talk a lot about how now students don't necessarily find the right course that they're looking for. The search ranking is based off of just keywords and not necessarily diving into deep things like what are the students actual goals? Are they wanting to learn this topic to get a better job? Are they learning it for fun? And they want to know that information so that they can pair them with the court, the right course. This will in turn help us get better reviews, which I'm excited about because you know, most often when you get a bad review, it's because the student's expectation wasn't matched. And so we want to match the student's expectations and that's what they're doing to help. The second point about helping instructors make courses easier. This was one thing that I was a little bit not really sure about. They said that for new instructors, it's still very confusing to, for creating a course. And I get that it's really hard to create your course for the first time in terms of the technology of creating videos, editing videos, putting together a course. But they talked about updating the actual back end of the instructor creating process, course creation process. And that's something that they've been working on already. I know they've been adding tips and more resources right on Udemy's website itself to help help new instructors. And hopefully that does help new instructors. Right now, it's not a big area of concern for me, but obviously I've been doing this for a little while. But that being said, I do want to help make it as easy as possible for new instructors. So that's good. And then their last point was to be able to teach anyone anywhere. So they're implementing things like auto captions that will help people who have English as a second language. Price testing in markets with less disposable income. So that's like in Brazil or India, maybe lowering prices for courses so it's more, more affordable for them. Or localizing payments, not only in what they've done already by allowing people from other countries to pay in their own currencies, but using the, pro the method of payment that they use. I, I believe it was um, Archie Abrams, the VP of product that talked about how in Brazil, people actually pay for e-commerce products with cash. They go to the bank or the, you know, the, the store down the street and they actually buy some sort of like ticket. I don't know what it was called, but they buy a ticket with cash and then they go back to their computer and they use that sort of cat, that ticket to pay for a, a product. So they allowed doing that in, in Brazil and they've seen an increase in conversions. And that brings me to my next key takeaway. And that's that Udemy is succeeding at international growth and they're excited about it. Over currently about 50% of our revenue comes from international students. So, and they expect that in the future, 80% will come from outside the United States. That's awesome. That means expanding a lot globally. But I also think that as the US market grows, that just means the whole market itself is going to grow. They have 17 million students right now. I think that's going to grow, keep growing, growing hopefully quickly than ever before. So they're doing a lot of things with expanding to other markets. There was a little bit of hesitation with this pricing announcement where they're going to test prices 
basically meaning lowering prices in other countries. What they actually said was that they'll be now able to lower prices in more price-sensitive markets like India or Brazil, and then increase prices in other markets, potentially like the US or Canada or Australia, countries with more disposable income. And I totally get why some instructors are against this because they don't want to see the devaluing of our courses. But we have to remember Udemy's goal. And this is something that they mentioned last year. And they also brought up this analogy too this year. And they talked about a movie ticket. A movie ticket in San Francisco is $15. That's basically what a course costs. But a movie ticket in India costs three or four US dollars. And so a course is a lot more expensive to people from India than it is for someone here in the United States with that disposable income. Now, some instructors are saying, well, that doesn't matter because, you know, if you don't make that much money or if you don't have that money, you shouldn't be able to pay for this product. But that's fine if you don't want to be on Udemy and you don't want to take advantage of their marketplace. But they're trying to serve the market. They're trying to serve the market just like any other company. You think about, I mean, going back to the movie example, if you are in the movie business, you're not going to try to sell $15 movie tickets for the latest Hunger Games movie or, or whatever. Hunger Games is, I guess, done, but the latest Marvel action hero movie. You're not going to charge $15 in India for that movie because no one's going to buy it. And so I think we can actually increase revenue t in total by doing these things. So that's just one of the things and that they're doing. Um, they're doing a lot more to, to increase exposure in international or in countries outside the U.S., and that's exciting. My fifth key takeaway is to stop marketing your courses and market yourself. This came from my favorite breakout session by Mimi Goodwin of Mimi G Style. She's running a membership site for her sewing academy, making over $300,000 per year. She also started a men's sewing course or membership program with her uh, with a buddy that does men's sewing, which is so awesome. She spends 60% of her time educating, 20% of her time selling, and 20% of her time inspiring by actually doing what she's teaching by sewing patterns and by just inspiring people to want to learn how to sew. And that's her 60-20-20 rule. But the key takeaway was to stop marketing your courses, market yourself, to put yourself as your brand. And this kind of echoed what Chris Gillibo had said too. He talked about people not buying your courses because of the information in the course. They're buying your course because of you. And this is so true. You could find all the information in all the Udemy courses for free somewhere, in a library book, on YouTube, on a blog. It's you as the instructor that is the reason why someone purchased your course and especially continues to buy your courses. And that's our goal, not to just sell one course, but to have multiple courses that people buy. And so as we market, try to grow our business and brand, it's important to market ourselves, And that's something that I think I need to work on with Video School Online is maybe putting myself back as the face of the brand. Some people talk about this being a bad thing because then as you grow, how do you expand beyond you as the face of your brand? But I think that at least for my goals as a business, I don't really necessarily 
I say this with a grain of salt, but I don't necessarily want my brand to expand beyond me. If I can continue to you know, do business the way that I'm doing now and potentially grow even more as the face of the brand, that's great. And there's lots of companies that do a lot better than I do as the face of their brand, with a person as the face of their brand. And so I, I think that that's something that I need to work on is you know, showing a little bit more personality in my branding. My sixth key takeaway is that people actually listen to and love the Online Course Masters podcast. And I kind of knew this already. I know there's a handful of people that listen every week, but actually going to the conference and having dozens of people come up to me, talk about the show, talk about how the show has inspired them, talk about specific episodes that they learned from, that just really meant a lot. It meant a lot, and it, it makes me want to continue to do this show. I had promised myself at the start of the year to do this weekly for at least one year and see how it goes. And uh, it's been great. It's been really good, and I'm excited about it. And I think just going to Udemy Live and seeing that there are people benefiting from it so much is worth it. Right now, I'm not really making money off the podcast, and I don't know if my time is being pa paid back for doing the podcast. But at the end of the day, that's not necessarily what this is all about. I just enjoy doing this podcast. I enjoy talking to people, and I learn a lot from it too. So I've met a lot of people at Udemy Live that I'm going to be interviewing on this podcast, a lot of great news stories, and I think it was just an affirmation that people are actually enjoying this podcast. So thank you to everyone listening to this show. I do appreciate you, and... Uh, just for everyone that I met at Udemy Live who listens to this show, thank you so much. And you know who you are. I'm not going to na name any names, but I, I had a lot of conversations with you, and I just want to thank you. My seventh key takeaway is Udemy biz for business, business growth. <laughs> that is a tongue twister. Udemy for business is their corporate training side of things. They basically offer subscriptions to companies so that they can do corporate training. A lot of companies do have corporate training. You might have some if you're in a company yourself. It's actually a $184 billion industry, according to Udemy. And Udemy has a very, very small slice of that pie. So they're looking to increase that. And from the past year or so, the experiences of companies that use Udemy for business has been great. And they showed a lot of examples, and I know because I used to work at uh, companies that had corporate training and their learning management system, the classes that you take with those platforms, they are bad. And so when you compare that to a Udemy platform, it's like, wow, Udemy is so amazing. So what's exciting about this is that it's going to continue to grow. There's no doubt about that. But no, there wasn't really a great answer of how do we get our courses into Udemy for Business. And that was the one area that was lacking for me. It does, they did say that they picked the top 2,000 courses on Udemy, that they only pick one or two per category or per topic. They talk about if you do have a class that you think would be good in UFB, to message them and just to let them know that you have a class. They even gave out a hot topics list that they are looking for in for UFB. And so there's not really a direct way for you to get your courses in there. You have to promote them. You have to have ratings yourself in the class before it even goes on UFB. So it can't be a brand new class. But the fact that they're, they're growing 
ultimately means more revenue for teacher, more growth for Udemy, and that will help Udemy as a whole. My eighth key takeaway was a better understanding of Udemy search rank. We know if you've been listening to me for a while that ranking high for your keyword on Udemy is so important. Maybe the most important thing for having success on the platform. They gave us an insight into what exactly goes into this. And those are the keywords that are in your title, subtitle, on your description, on your lecture descriptions. But they also talk about these keywords get you in the door. They put you on the map for the search, but those keywords don't necessarily increase your ranking. What does that are your recent ratings, the conversion rate on your course landing page, and the revenue that your course has made in the recent past. Now, they didn't say if this was 30 days or the past 90 days or the past 15 days, but this makes sense. And this makes sense why this kind of makes me understand why best-selling courses are hard to sort of compete with because they're the ones that consistently make a lot of money. They rank high. And so it's kind of hard to kick them off the, the top of the, the mountain. And I have that advantage for a lot of my courses, but I've also seen how a lot of new instructors have been able to come up, do some promotion themselves and become the best seller. Some of my courses have decreased from being a bestseller and been kicked off that top spot. Or some of my courses in more competitive categories, I've done extra hard work to promote, to get ratings, and those eventually have overtaken some of the other bestsellers. And so they didn't really dial down specifically which ones of these has a higher rating or not, or a higher, um, doesn't change the rating better or not, or the ranking, but those are the things that go into it. There was also something that was clarified by a fellow instructor, Jason Short, who um, teaches game design. And he asked them during this, this, this breakout session if how a student engages in the course de depends or factors into how the ratings are weighed. So for example, and actually at the end of the day, it doesn't. So for example, a five-star rating from someone who watched 100% of your course equals the same as a five-star rating from someone who watched 10% of your course. A five-star rating from someone who enrolled for free also equals a five-star rating from someone who paid. So that's really interesting. But this also means that a one-star rating from a free student who watches just five or 10 minutes of a course also equals a five-star paying student who watched 90% of the course. We were talking about how this doesn't seem to make sense and a lot of other platforms do take these things into account. Jason actually works for Microsoft and on their sort of um, online learning platform, they take those things into account. We know that with YouTube, watch time does actually affect course rating um, and the ranking of a video. So I was a little unsure. To it wasn't clarified to me if course engagement does factor into rating at all. There was someone else, it might have been Jason, it might have been someone else, had asked if um, like responding to student questions and the amount of questions in your courses factors into rating or course ranking and they were told no. So that's interesting too. Um, but they did say that if someone enrolls in a new course and leaves a a 
a rating within like five minutes of purchasing, that is flagged and they look at it to see if it's a spam review or not. So that's a good thing that they're checking that out. In that breaking breakout session, they did a lot of breaking down of the landing page and they talked about the most important parts of your landing page. So this helps with your conversion rate, which is important for ranking. So that's why this is so important. And based off of student reviews, they saw that the title and subtitle are the most important thing for whether a student's going to purchase the course or not. Next were the course goals, which is that section right beneath the course titles. It's the bullet point checklist of items. So those are things that we need to pay more attention to. Third was the promo video. Fourth was the curriculum itself. Fifth was the description. And sixth was the rating which I thought was really interesting that the rating of the course was one of the lower ranking things for why someone actually purchases a course or not. Really interesting. This was after someone comes to a landing page though. So of course we know that rating does affect if your course shows up in search. So it helps people get to your course landing page. But once they're on that landing page, it's really that title and course goal list that is most important. And they gave a lot of tips for the course goals, things like writing for humans, using the word you, make them actionable. Just read your course goals and pay extra attention to them yourself to see if this is something that you would want to learn and really write to your target audience. My ninth takeaway, a simple one, but an important one was to have a newsletter and a consistent newsletter at that. I went to another great breakout session with Gary, Ro Gary Rosenweig of MacMost.com. Sorry if I mispronounce your name, Gary. I would love to have you on the podcast, by the way. And he did a great job laying out what content marketing is, how to do it. He's posting five videos a week. He's batch processing them Monday morning before lunch. And he also does a newsletter every week on Thursday. And so that was awesome just to have everything laid out. And not only from him, but also from Mimi Goodwin and a few of the other people that I talked to or did went to breakout sessions for, the newsletter is so important. It's just the best way to keep people engaged with you, to teach them more about you, to connect with them, to turn followers, followers into fans. And honestly, it's something that I haven't been doing much with Video School Online. And so this is one of the main takeaways where I have an action item attached to it. When I get back, which I already am, <laughs> I'm going to be figuring out how to do a newsletter, coming up with a template to make it easy and coming up with a better schedule for my life, for my content, so that I can do it more efficiently and stick to it. So that was a great tip from Gary. And my last takeaway, which is very similar to my last takeaway from 2016, which you can see my 2016 key takeaways on videoschoolonline.com, is that Udemy instructors are my favorite. And the reason is because they are people that just get me. We can talk for hours and hours and hours about the same kind of thing and want to keep on talking. And just a short anecdote is that, or a short little story is that on Saturday night after the gala, we were, went to the bar and there were a number of us hanging out and we were talking to one of the Udemy staff members about what we can do to improve 
our course sales and all the kinds of stuff. And we were talking for 20, 30, 40 minutes. And my wife was with me, Isabel. And it was great having her up there. But at the bar, she I could tell she was cold. She was wanting to go home. And she asked me, hey, are you ready to go home? And I was I leaned over to her and I said, well, I can talk to these people for hours. So just let me know when you want to go back to the hotel. And the truth is I could talk to people, these friends for hours. And so I actually, Isabel went back to the hotel room. I walked her back and then I, I went back down to the bar to continue talking with people. It was, you know, it's the once a year chance where I get to talk to people in person that actually get me. Of course, I do this on the podcast. I do it online. I do it on Facebook Messenger every day. But doing it in person is really the best reason to do to go to Udemy Live. And that's my last key takeaway. And I just want to thank everyone again for going, who I met in person, who we got to hang out. I can't wait till next year. And hopefully we can hang out before then. For everyone listening to this podcast episode, I again want to thank you so much for being in my tribe, for following me on Online Course Masters. If you haven't joined the Online Course Masters group, which is something I realize not everyone is aware of, just go to facebook.com and search for Online Course Masters. There's a group and a page, but the group is where there's a lot of other instructors that are helping each other out, becoming better online course creators. So thank you so much for listening to this podcast. And if you have any questions about my takeaways, or if you have comments yourself, I would love to know what your key takeaways were if you did go to Udemy Live 2017. You can comment on that blog article either on videoschoolonline.com or onlinecoursemasters.com. Have a great day. I hope you enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to fast track your success, head over to onlinecoursemasters.com and sign up for your free trial of my flagship program, the Online Course Masters Masterclass. Yep, that's right. It's a masterclass designed to take you from zero to hero, creating and selling your very own online courses. If you haven't done so yet, please leave a review for this show wherever you listen. This is how we can help expand our audience and help teach the world. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next week in the next edition of the Online Course Masters Show.